0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Wednesday edition of Primetime Action here on VEASAN. Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin behind the glass, and Wes Reynolds with me here. On the desk, we will, as always, every Wednesday, preview the golf tournament of the week. It is the Scottish Open this week. We will talk about that for sure. Gil Alexander will be joining us. You might have heard of that guy. Uh, He'll be joining us. We'll talk some Wimbledon with him. We'll also get whatever losing one and done pick that he has for the week as well. We'll run through our 32 teams and 32 shows. We will continue on with the Miami Dolphins on this episode as well. But first, we will get to the first pitches and then some major, major news coming out of the NFL as we sit here. Right now, first pitch is coming to you in about four minutes in the Yankees and Pirates. That's Luis Severino and Mitch Keller. Severino is a minus 205 road favorite. If you want Keller in the Pirates, they are plus 175 as home underdogs. Eight and a half is your total in that one. Another one coming to you at 705 Eastern is the Nationals and the Phillies. That is Josiah Gray and Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola is a minus 205 home favorite. If you want the Nationals on the road as underdogs, plus 175 is your price there. Eight is the total. Another 705, Glenn Otto and Spencer Watkins. That's the Rangers and the Orioles. This is a 110 on both sides. Nine and a half is the total. Wes, I came very close to playing the over nine and a half in this one, and then I looked down the lineups. There's no Mountcastle for the Orioles. There is no well, that Adulles.
3: disqualified it right
2: away, right then off for the this program. No, Mount no Mountcastle. <laughs> he still got a tummy ache. He still got a tummy ache. So no Mountcastle for the Orioles. There's also no Adolis Garcia for the for the Rangers as well. And so the the two big two big power bats mm-hmm. out of the lineup against these really bad pitchers in Otto and Watkins. Kept me off. it. I actually still don't hate it. At, uh, the the over on the nine and a half, even with both of those bats being out of the lineup, but it was just just enough for me to to stay off
3: of them. Yeah, this this was ten to nine by the way mm-hmm. last night. I think the Orioles lost the lead about three times in each of the last three innings, and were able to uh, walk it off there at the end. But. Two teams that have been a lot more competitive this year. All of a sudden, I look at the records. It's like, Rangers only five games under 500, Orioles only under six games. So, not in contention by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, better than we're expected for sure.
2: Seven ten Eastern, Rays and the Red Sox. Corey Kluber for the Rays and then... Brayan Bellow for the Red Sox. This is a big, big mm-hmm. prospect that gets called up for the Red Sox making his Major League debut tonight and finds himself as a minus 120 home favorite in this thing despite the fact that Rafael Devers isn't yeah. in the lineup for the Red Sox tonight. And he is still a favorite here making his Major League debut. Eight and a half is the total in this one. If you want the Rays on the road as underdogs, you can get even money west this guy destroyed the minor leagues this year with a massive massive k rate and you know whether that will translate to the big leagues or not, we shall see. But uh, I know a lot of Red Sox fans super excited about seeing what he can do tonight. And, again, comes in his major league debut as a favorite without right. Devers in the lineup. with Against a
3: very good Tampa <laughs> yeah. Bay team, by the way. And I did read some of the numbers on Bellow. He actually led A in swinging strike percentage. I mm-hmm. believe it was about 16.2%. Ground ball rate, 63.5%. Uh, that can be useful in Fenway Park where uh, balls go all over the yard and 264 on the XBIP. So, uh, there's a lot of expectations for this guy. We'll see if he delivers on his debut.
2: Yeah, it will be super interesting. We will have that one on here in the studio and keep you updated on that one. 720 Eastern, the Cardinals and the Braves. That's Miles Michaelis and Max Freed. Freed finds himself as a big minus 165. Home favorite in this one, plus 140 with Michaelis and the Cardinals. On the road as underdogs, eight and a half is your total. I came close to try I was actually what I was trying to do, Wes, was find a a parlay that I wanted to put Mm -hmm. Freed in with somebody else. I couldn't quite find something that I liked enough to get there. And so I wanted it to be the Astros. We'll talk about the Astros here in just a second. But uh, with all the stuff going on with their lineup, I didn't know if maybe by the time I made this bet, if that lineup was going to look completely different or not. So. Um, didn't pull the trigger there, but I do like the Braves here. Freed has been under the, I guess not really under the radar. He's still uh, one of the favorites for the Cy Young, but we were looking at his statistics comparatively to the guys that are above him and, there, outside of Alcantara, who's just been absolutely amazing, he he is very comparable to everybody else in that NL Cy Young race, and maybe even better than a couple of these other guys. And, I mean, Freed has been has been every bit the the ace here for this Braves. Yeah,
3: and, and this would be one I almost uh, jumped in with you mm-hmm. on the Braves here, because I did want to go against Michaelis. Mm-hmm. 261 on the ERA, but almost an exit before at 387. I think he's kind of been a little bit lucky this season. So, that's what you're looking at when you're looking at handicapping these games and, you know. You, know, you go with the pitchers first before you go with yep. the lineups and whatnot. And you're looking at some of those guys that have been lucky or been unlucky. I think Michaelis has been a little bit on the lucky side. And you mentioned Freed. He and uh, Kyle Ride have really kind of carried this staff. And the rookie, Spencer Strider. Yep. But I think what the Braves are looking for in the second half of the season, they got to get Charlie Morton right, and they got to get Ian Anderson right or get somebody else. And they're mm-hmm. kind of in that back end of the rotation if they're going to go ahead and catch the Mets and be a contender in the National League.
2: 8:10 10 Eastern Royals and the Astros. This is Brad Keller and Christian Javier. Um, Javier and the Astros are still minus 285 home favorites in this one. Keller and the Royals are plus 240 road underdogs. This is a total of seven and a half. And as I mentioned, I didn't get on this one because I started to look down the lineups here. And um, right off the bat, I noticed in the lineup, in the uh in the second base slot and in the leadoff, it was not Jose Altuve. He was out of there. Then I saw that Gurriel was out of there as well. And then... More news came about that there might be some COVID issues going on there for Houston and the Astros. And so basically, I didn't want to lock in a bet. And the next thing I know, I look up and Jordan Alvarez and Alex Bregman and right. all of them were out of the lineup as right. well. And so uh, I didn't end up there. Now, as we sit right now, Alvarez and Bregman and Tucker, all three are still in the lineup, which is mm-hmm. why you are uh, one, Javier's been awesome. And then two, you, you still do have those guys in there going up against Brad Keller, who's been bad. So that's why you still get it at plus, I mean, at minus 285 as home favorites here. But I was just a little nervous Good. to pull the trigger because, you know, listen, I would have to lock – I'd had to lock in one of the early games with the Braves and I wouldn't have been able to get off of it with one of the later games if something did go Who's wrong. Who's got
3: the guts to do the Keller and Keller parlay? <laughs> uh, famous uh, attorney, uh, personal injury attorney ad, uh, go with uh, Mitch Keller and Brad Keller combined in their records, I believe, 4-14 uh, four and 14 on the season. So uh, show your tickets if you've got the uh, cojones to go with the Keller parlay tonight.
2: Yeah, no joke. That would, that would be a rough one to watch. Uh, 940 Eastern, we have the Giants and – the Diamondbacks. This is Alex Cobb versus Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly, uh, probably the lone bright spot, maybe for this. Yeah. I mean, every now and then, Bumgarner puts together a, a start that makes you think that he's still got a little left in the tank, but uh, he follows it right up with with getting shelled. But uh, w- with Kelly and what he's been able to do, they only find themselves as plus one ten home underdogs in this one. So, um, if you do want the Giants, you got to lay minus one thirty for them as favorites. On the road, 8.5 is the total in this one. Cobb has battled some injuries this year, so he has kind of been up and down. One yeah. of the things, main things with him is you, you just got to understand if you're going to bet Cobb and the Giants tonight – he just hasn't gone deep into games, and they don't. I don't think they're going to let him go deep into this right. one, considering uh, he's just coming back off the I.L. yet again. So you are definitely going to have to probably deal with at least four innings of bullpen there with, with the Giants. And so just,
3: that's not good news, by yeah. the way, for the Giants, because I am on the D-backs. Mm-hmm. I took plus 117, and I, you can still get right around the same price. Mm-hmm. But the bullpen for the Giants, 540 ERA over the last two weeks. So if Cobb's not going to go deep, and Cobb's been, if you look at the metrics, a little bit unlucky because you see see that expat, and he's like 274. Yeah. It's like, this poor guy, the batting average ball's in play, 352. Mm. That usually indicates some poor luck, but like you mentioned, coming back from injury, I don't see him really going that day deep, so it's not necessarily a fate of Cobb. It's really more of a mm-hmm. fate of the Giants' bullpen, and also the fact that uh, Giants, or the Diamondbacks right the last couple weeks, leading the league in contact rates, so uh, you know uh, Alex Cobb's had a rough time of contact this year, and if it continues, Giants are going to be in a big hole early on.
2: In their final first pitch of the evening, 10-10 Eastern. We got the Rockies and the Dodgers. This is Jose Urania, who, by the way, is still in the league. I'm sure you were shocked as I was. I I, I was looking, too. I
3: was like, wait a minute. I haven't seen him pitch yet this year, (laughs) you know, going into my fan graphs and all this stuff. I was like, okay, what's going on
2: here? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mitch White going for the Dodgers uh, with Urania on the Hill for for the Rockies, you would imagine. The Dodgers would be big favorites. They are minus 315 home favorites here. In this one, plus two sixty on the Rockies on the road as underdogs, a flat nine. Uh, listen, Wes Uranio is one of the worst pitchers mm-hmm. in the in the bigs when he was pitching. Again, it, it shocked me that he was still around. That being said. I just don't. I'm just not in the business of, of minus 315s You know, in baseball, I, I just I just don't do that very often. So while the Dodgers are m- very very likely right. to win this game, I just I, I don't go there.
3: Yeah, because often. you don't know how late Mitch White is going to yeah. go. Is you know he's been kind of like a four inning pitcher, maybe into the fifth, but uh, you know not necessarily a guy that you, that you would think would mm. go deep in games.
2: The big news of the afternoon. The Cleveland Browns agree to trade Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers for a 2024 conditional draft pick. The Panthers are going to pick up $4.85 million of the Baker Mayfield salary while the Browns are going to pay $10.5 million of yeah, it. Yeah, he
3: took a little bit of a discount, too, mm-hmm. I think Baker did. So Brown's going to cover about two-thirds of the dough overall. So it
2: is – listen, the initial reports coming out as they're saying, you know, that the Panthers envision a Darnold and Mayfield battle for the position, there is zero zero chance that this is not Baker Mayfield's right. job. I mean, they didn't right. trade for him to him to have to compete with Sam Darnold or anything like that. So um, we'll, we'll talk about this, you know, throughout the entire show here. Check odds, check different things to see if this changes how we view this Panthers team, if this changes how we view this division at all, if anything like that. But I mean. At the very least, West, the I think my my one little my one little snippet here to start the show would just be it can't be any worse than what you have with Darnold. So, if yeah. anything, it's an upgrade.
3: Yeah, you had to do yeah. this, I think. Yeah. And look, uh, this had been rumored for a while. Seattle really never seemed to make a play here for Baker Mayfield, which is, I guess was a little bit surprising. But this deal had been rumored for weeks. They got the price, I think, what they wanted Cleveland to pay in terms of that money. So, you know, if you're Carolina, I think this is absolutely worth a gamble.
2: Rest of country, you can always bet on things like this. And sure enough, there is Panthers week one starter odds. We'll talk that and just a little bit more about this Panthers team here
0: on primetime action coming back.
5: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit Lisa.com slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart.
6: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
5: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the
2: bride and groom?
5: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps)
2: Wednesday edition of primetime action here on VEASAN, at Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, Wes Reynolds here. And as we went to break, we were talking about the big NFL news of the day, and that is the trade that has been rumored for quite some time. Probably people saw this coming. Yes, there was at least a little bit of a Seattle factor that maybe, maybe Baker Mayfield would have ended up out west in Seattle. That ended up not being the case, and he was, in fact, traded over to the Carolina Panthers. And what we're looking at here, Wes, is who will start for the Panthers in week one. This is courtesy of our friends over at DraftKings and Baker Mayfield, minus 1200, mm-hmm. Sam Darnold, 5 to 1, Matt Corral, 50 to 1, and then Jimmy Garoppolo, who again is not even on the squad, yes. 100. To one, um that should be one thousand to one because there's no way they're going to trade for him now, at this point, after making the trade for Baker mayfield, um, listen i'm not I'm not going to say that you should lay twelve hundred because anything can happen. He could get injured. you know, there's all kinds of things that could go on here, so. I would not recommend betting this by any stretch of the imagination. That's it. Baker Mayfield, as long as he's healthy, is going to start yeah. week one for this
3: team. Yeah, the more interesting prop, if it was put up, would mm-hmm. be who's going to start for the Cleveland Browns, who is going to be their yeah. uh, opponent in week one, by the way. Cleveland and Carolina, they are meeting up in week one. Browns – uh Minus two and a half I've seen, but I've seen a little bit of shortening today. Uh, some money has come in on the home underdog Carolina Panthers. So seeing as low as one in certain markets, I think at DraftKings, it's a one even money. So, uh, you know, there went your teaser option, I guess, if yeah, you want to tease it through the key number. <laughs> tease and, them up. Let's go. Yeah. And July go teasers. And, yeah, and go ahead and tease uh, Carolina. But, uh, yeah, who's going to start for Cleveland? We're awaiting the news. What, what's going to happen? Went to Sean Watson. Uh, I wouldn't expect he's going to be playing the open. Opener here, so it looks like Jacoby Brissett's gonna be the guy.
7: I, I mean, for going back to this Panthers one, I would absolutely think after today it is Baker Mayfield, Matt. But at the same time, they didn't they didn't spend that much on him that like I don't know, like I would have a very open mm-hmm. competition if I was the Panthers. I would expect that Baker Mayfield is going to look the best out of the three of these guys. But I mean, you drafted a quarterback, you bring Sam Darnold in last year, like mm-hmm. I mean, what I think what the Panthers are doing. I've seen a lot of people complaining about this today. I'm sorry, I'm the guy who believes you got to have a quarterback to win in the NFL. I don't care what you do to get to that point. So if you're bringing in guys or drafting guys every single year, I don't have a problem with it. If you just got to figure out who's the guy.
3: Well, and Dar- this is Darnold's last year of his contract, too, by the way. So it's easy to kind of get away from him if Baker Mayfield goes ahead and wins the job.
2: Yeah, and that's the reason why I say that it's Baker's job, Kelly, for the reason that you just mentioned. Because if you weren't sold – if you, were, if you thought that Darnold actually had a chance to do this, then the competition would be between Darnold and Corral. The competition wouldn't be between Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. This is Baker Mayfield's job now that he's been acquired, and then you move on from there. It's, it's, if there was any chance in the world that Sam Darnold was good enough to start for this team, then the competition would have been between him and the quarterback that you spent draft capital on, who, listen, some people out there say has some real starting in NFL upside mm-hmm. potential here in Matt Corral. There were a lot of guys who were saying, had he not been injured, possibly could have been, uh, you know, at least a first-round grade. Now, whether it would have gone in the first round or not, we know that the draft got a little interesting when it came down to all that. But, um, you, you know, for me, the fact that you make this acquisition, the role – is going to be Baker Mayfield. That said, I'm not laying $1,200. It's it's
3: a low gamble for Carolina, like I was saying earlier, because not only Darnold, a free agent, but Baker Mayfield going to be an unrestricted free Mm -hmm. agent. So, you know, you'll find out at least a little bit in camp what you got with Matt Corral. But if Carolina is going to be bad, number one, Matt Rule is going to get fired by David Tepper and they're going to be rebuilding all over again. But there is a possibility because next year's quarterback draft, obviously, appears to be better at the top with with C.J. Stroud and with Bryce Young. So, uh, you know, low risk, I think, for Carolina. If it doesn't work out, okay, those guys aren't going to be back with us next year.
2: You take a look, though, around just around Baker Mayfield here, and, you know, you could argue that there is as much talent as he had last year when things didn't really work out. And he played through a ton of injuries last year as well. But if you look at the running back position alone, Mm -hmm. you've got Christian McCaffrey and Chuba Hubbard, both the guys that, you know, Hubbard can take some of the carries away from McCaffrey, early downs to maybe keep McCaffrey healthy throughout the course of the season. Of course, McCaffrey, one of the most dynamic pass catching backs that there is in the league. And then you have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. What if Terrace Marshall finally lives up to potential? You know, he had a rough rookie season. He came out injured as well and spent basically his entire rookie season injured if that's if that's not the case well you got Richard Higgins mm-hmm. you know uh, you, you got Richard Higgins there uh, for the for the, for the Panthers as well so I, I mean if you take a look at this I mean and of course of course Richard the reason I say that is Baker Mayfield very very familiar with Rashard Higgins as he played several seasons there for for Cleveland so I'm I'm looking at this team and saying hey look if Baker's 2020 version of Baker, he can stay healthy or whatever. I mean, I think this team is, is – is I think the, his acquisition is worth another win or one and a half to them or something yeah, like that.
3: Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. And, look, I'm a little bit higher on the Saints, I think, mm-hmm. in this division than most of the market. I like them for the over. I like them for the yes in the playoffs, maybe a dark horse to win the division. But – I think, you know, I think Baker probably, you're right. It is a win, win and a half more. And I want to see what this defense can do because Carolina has drafted very heavily on the defense over the last couple seasons. Uh, You have Brian Burns out of Florida State. Derek Brown was a first-rounder on the defensive tackle for Auburn. J.C. Horn, another first-rounder at defensive back. C.J. Henderson at one point was a first-round draft pick that they traded for from Jacksonville. Jeremy Chin has been a real revelation, probably one of their best guys guys all over the defense at strong safety. So you've got a lot of high first round draft picks on this defense. So from a talent standpoint, it should be there. Now whether the numbers can match with the talent, time's gonna tell.
2: It'll be super interesting. I think that this team now with 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 Baker, and again we are assuming Baker's healthy, you know, after all the stuff that he said he played through last year. I'm assuming he's healthy. I assume that the Panthers have done their due diligence before they would acquire him that he is also healthy. But, But. yeah, but (laughs) I don't know. I mean, everyone's talking about this without really talking about
7: that he was playing through like three different yeah, injuries, he, like every
2: week, he said he yeah. had a new injury. Like, I mean, there was something wrong with the guy. It was, it was a shoulder. It was a knee. It was a hip. It was a foot. It was whatever. Like there was all kinds of things going on.
7: I'm with you. You would you would think by now he's fine. You would think that the Panthers yeah. uh, did their due diligence on that. But you're right. Like oh, we're talking multiple injuries. All it takes is one of those to be dragging further behind, right? For him not to see the the field week one. I, I mean, I guess especially to talk about those odds.
2: Yeah, and so if you take a look at this Panthers. Schedule. I mean, the, the win total sitting at six right now is five and a half yesterday. So the half win already ticked up here on this team. I mean, as you mentioned, Brown's most likely going to be going with Jacoby Brissett in that first in that first week game with them. And then, you know, Giants, you would think, would be at least a manageable game. Are the Cardinals going to be way down this year, at least at the beginning of the year, with with DeAndre Hopkins not out there? I mean, there's always that. What if the 49ers haven't really gotten things going by week five with Trey Lance at quarterback? So there are some winnable games here Mm -hmm. early for for this team. And then what if you find your stride a little bit later on, and then you see – Starting in week 10, you got a game you got a game with the Falcons, you got a game with the Seahawks, you got a game with the Steelers, you got a game with the Lions. So, you know, I think six right now, I think the floor maybe for six is a is a push again if we consider if if we if we believe the fact that Baker Mayfield's healthy
3: and and all that stuff. And keep in mind this Carolina team, I think, started out a little bit better than obviously they certainly ended at five and twelve, but this team, when they fired Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator, was only 5-7. and seven. So, you know, they start out 3-0, and then they lose 4, and then they beat Atlanta. They were 5-5 five and five going into the week before Thanksgiving. And then they lost 2, and then they fired Joe Brady in the bye week. So, it's like, okay, there's a lack of continuity. And then they kind of just faded down the stretch. I don't think that they were as bad as 5-12. and 12. I think it, they just kind of maybe got resigned a little bit to their fate late in the season. And, plus, you had to play at Buffalo. You had to play Tampa Bay twice and you had to play at New Orleans so that was a pretty tough schedule at least down the stretch.
2: We do have some early baseball today in case you have some you had some tickets and you haven't been able to to check the scores yet. The Tigers 8 to 2 winner over the Guardians. The Guardians now fall to 40 and 40 on the season West and this is this is a bad bad series for this yeah. Guardians team because these are the games that you needed to win as the schedule gets a little bit tougher on the other side and they were not they have not been doing that and to lose eight to two here look Pineda has actually looked pretty good for, mm-hmm. for the Tigers when he's been able to be out there but Uh, Real rough stretch here for this Guardians.
3: Yeah, exactly. And this was the chance to, I think, put some distance between them and the White Sox because the White Mm -hmm. Sox have been scuffling. They did get a win today against the Minnesota Twins, 9-8 in uh, 10 innings. But the White Sox only took one of three from the Twins, and they had a couple bad losses at home. So it's like you're still seeing a Chicago White Sox team that is under 500. This was a chance for Cleveland to maybe pull ahead of the White Sox a little bit more, close the gap. They did not get the job done.
2: One of the things we have seen multiple times this year is just the Brewers' bats completely leave them. I mean, they are still 47-37 and after the 2-1 loss today to the Cubs, but again, only able to scrape across one run in this game, and uh, this is something we've seen multiple different times spoil an awesome, awesome effort by by Burns, who goes seven innings, three hits, one walk, 10 Ks.
3: Yeah, Cubs have been playing a little bit sneaky good baseball lately.
2: We'll talk some college football odds on the other side, a couple other MLB games as well. Primetime action here on a Wednesday. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for free cash all season long. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 or over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, drink responsibly. Wes, as you mentioned, there was another game uh, earlier today. That was a big win, of course. Interdivision there in the White Sox and the Twins. The White Sox get it done in the bottom of the 10th Lance Lynn goes for the White Sox not a great effort for him 5 innings 5 earned given up walked a couple along the way as well but the bullpen uh was was not as not not very good either for them as Graveman gives up a run Foster gives up two runs and yet even with all of that they were able to uh to get it done of course the big news for White Sox fans in this one, not only the win against the Twins, which is great, but Eloy Jimenez back in the lineup today, and he hits a homer in his first game back. So got to be loving that if you're a White Sox
3: fan. Yeah, absolutely, and that's kind of why we've kind of felt, okay, the White Sox, they're eventually, they've been disappointing, but they're going to have a buy spot You know, when they get some of these guys back. They got T.A. Tim Anderson back a couple weeks ago. Uh Moncada did leave, uh, uh, I believe, the last game uh, with a foot injury. So uh, he is questionable for tomorrow already. So still got to get Grandal back. Obviously, Danny Mendick is going to mm-hmm. be out for the season with the ACL. But getting Jimenez back, I think that that's the key for the White Sox. And that's why I think probably they're still the second choice in the division, despite the fact that the Guardians were ahead of them and had opportunity to really extend the lead here this week. But the White Sox, you got to think eventually – they're going to get right in terms of the lineup because they had an awful April and then they started to hit a little bit better in May and June. So you're seeing them right now at DraftKings, I think plus 155, the current price twins, even money to go ahead and win the AL central. But you know, the white Sox, I think maybe it was underestimated the possible regression from the pitching staff Mm. because they had so many starters last year that had career years. Yep. G Alito, Lance Lynn, Rodone, of course, Rodone is now in San Francisco. And then obviously the Dallas Keuchel experiment didn't work out. He's now in Arizona. So it's going to take a little bit of time. I would still favor the White Sox to go ahead and win this division. But, uh, Will, uh, how much faith are they going to have on the South side for Tony La Russa? If you read the Twitter machine, they don't have very much.
2: If, uh, if you, if you thought that the Jose Brios experiment there in Toronto was going poorly, well, it, uh, all you need is basically make yeah. a trip out to Oakland. Nothing in the, will cure yeah, it like facing yeah, yeah, that yeah, A's lineup. Yeah. Roll on out to Oakland. All he needed was two solo shots. You got one from Chapman. You got one from Bichette. And that was it. They went 2-1 to one. And this one. Jordan Romano comes in and closes the door. But Barrios goes six innings, four hits, only one earned. He strikes out six. And, again, that is uh, – you know, maybe not the greatest judge, uh, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not the greatest barometer here of where Barrios sits right now, but again. But it's something. It's something. He didn't go get lit up by the A's, which got to make you feel good at
3: least. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he did go six innings. Uh, pretty good baseball he pitched today. But uh, we shall see the ERA still over five. So a little bit of concern. And obviously when you're in the, arguably the best division in all of Major League Baseball, that's going to be really concerning in the second half of the season if he doesn't get right.
2: We did have a game that was already in progress when we got in. The Angels and the Marlins were going at it. By the way, Shohei Otani is on the hill for the Angels tonight. He's given up a couple of hits. He's walked one. It was an unearned run against him because there was an error in the inning. So uh, they are down one nothing right now. But, again, the run was was unearned. Rogers for the Marlins has gone three innings. He's walked a couple, but has been able to dodge it. He's, he's been a
3: little bit better because yeah. we've been waiting for the Trevor Rogers of 2021. He has not come here in 2022, yeah. but fortunately for the Marlins, they got a guy by the name of Alcantara. He went eight innings last night. Marlins did kind of make it a little bit shaky in the ninth, but they did get the W over the Angels trying to do the same thing. One, nothing, bottom of the third.
2: The Yankees and the Pirates are in
3: a delay right now. So yeah, if eight you were fifteen Eastern yeah. is what I heard uh, when they're going to have first pitch there. So if
2: anybody was wondering why that why that wasn't showing up or whatever, yes. So you got a few extra minutes here if you want to try and get a get a bet in on that one. That is Severino and the Yankees minus two hundred favorites, plus one seventy on Mitch Keller and the Pirates as home underdogs here. Eight and a half is the total in that one. Wes, let's, uh, let's take a look at some college football while we're at it here. Um, never too early. Start looking at football. Of course, college season will get going before the NFL will anyway. You would imagine the short shot would be Alabama, and you would be correct. Alabama, plus 180 to win it all. Ohio State at plus 320. The Georgia Bulldogs come in at plus 380. Everybody else is double digits. After that, Clemson at ten, A and M at thirty, USC at thirty, Oklahoma at forty, Michigan at forty, Utah and Notre Dame both at forty-five, Texas fifty-five, and then you've got Miami, Oregon, and Wisconsin all sitting at seventy. Wes, I would love to sit here and and, and just uh, you know wax poetic about why one of these long shot teams could possibly win mm-hmm. the national championship this year but frankly, that's just not fair to people listening and to the betters out there because it's going to be one of those three teams. It's going to be Alabama Ohio State or Georgia. One of those three teams is going to win it. I'm very confident that one of those three teams is going to win it, and um, you know, I think if you wanted to pick some other team outside of that, you're not going very far down the board. You're certainly right. not going to any of these other
3: long shots. Right, there. and and look, uh, this is the uh, revenge tour as it's mm. being built for Nick Saban this year, so a uh, lot of spots for him to, to, to really get that, but Yeah, it's really hard to look past these favorites a little bit because now, last year, you had, you know, the COVID year. So you had a lot of teams with experience, and that's why you got a couple unsuspecting outliers like Michigan and the college football playoff like Cincinnati. This year, I think with all those years expired, then you go to, okay, who's getting the dudes? Yep. Who's recruiting the dudes? And who's recruiting the dudes are Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. And I think there there is a gap between them and everybody else. If I was looking a little bit down the board – I would maybe look at the Utah Utes and I do kind of like them to win the PAC 12 this year. I know USC with Lincoln Riley and, and Williams there, they're the shiny new toy in the conference, but I do like this Utah team. Number one, Kyle Whittingham, I think is one of the better coaches in college football. He really gets his guys to play hard for him every single week. You have cam rising back, uh, Remember, they went toe to toe with Ohio State mm-hmm. in that Rose Bowl last year. I know they lost forty-eight to forty-five, but they proved that they can hang with this guys, these guys, and they're going to be favorite in just about every single game on the slate. Uh, maybe they're going to end up being a dog at Austin against Oregon on Thanksgiving weekend, but. Look, I like this team. They return seventy three percent of the offense. They return the quarterback Cam Rising, and uh, the defense is always good. They can always run the ball as well at Utah. So uh, you know they're going to have to rely on that defense, uh, that transfer portal, and which they have done in terms of uh, running that four two five scheme. But I like the Utes to win the Pac twelve over USC, and I think that they could very much be a dark horse. One of these, one of the things
2: that the transfer portal you mentioned. So we, you know, everyone makes. A big deal about the NIL. And certainly, NIL's played a, a part in some of these guys picking some of these bigger schools. But really, it's the transfer portal. Where you see teams like Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia mm-hmm. cleaning up, which is right. the crazy. Like it's so these guys go to these smaller schools, they have big years, mm-hmm. and then they want to transfer into one of these schools where they yeah. can get featured, and they're going to be on TV every single yeah. week, and they're going to get all the headlines in the press. And so it's like the rich get richer yeah. type deal. These guys that were three stars, and so they weren't really getting recruited by the mm-hmm. Alabamas and Ohio States and Georgias. They go have a good year or two at these other schools, and then they transfer into Alabama yeah, and Ohio yeah. State. And, uh, I mean,
3: it, it is like yeah. kind of the bigger market teams and in, in like the NBA yeah. I compare it to college football because these guys at the top they can make a couple mistakes in yeah. recruiting. You know, if you're a mid-pack team, like, you know, I'm, I'm referring to Ohio State in mm-hmm. the Big Ten, you're Indiana, you're Purdue, you can't make mistakes. Yeah. you got to kind of get what you get and get the scraps and, you know, hope that you can develop a guys. And it's like, hopefully I can get a bunch of three-star kids, and if I tell them to run through a brick wall, they will yeah. for me. So that's what you're concerned with, with the, the talent down the board. Now the fact that they're still cleaning up in the transfer portal, uh, I mean, the rich are getting richer yeah. in college football.
2: And as we look at the Heisman Trophy, Trophy, odds here, you will see that two of the teams that are right there at the top to win the national championship, their quarterbacks are right at the top to win the Heisman Trophy and CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, plus 250 on Stroud, plus 350 on Young. Caleb Williams is nine to one. Everybody else is 20 to one or longer. Now, Wes, I have taken some of these longer shot guys um, just to see if anything happens to change with any of these guys along mm-hmm. the way. Because, listen, one thing that we definitely know is, you know, Joe Burrow came out of nowhere to win right. the highs like all these, you know, the, if you play quarterback and you have an unbelievable yeah. season and your team overperforms, then,
3: you know, you're going to be right That's there. That's what I was saying about yeah. Utah, and I don't see him on the graphic, but Cam Rising, mm-hmm. who's going to be the quarterback for Utah, certainly somebody you want to look at, uh, just looking at that right side of the college. Him. Uh, maybe DJU gets it right at Clemson mm-hmm. and they have a turnaround year Tyler Van Dyke certainly will put up really good numbers for the U and certainly a very good pro prospect but a guy that I think is gonna get some buzz is Will Anderson and you've already seen it kind of cut I think I saw him at 50 to 1 earlier in the spring he's now 25 to 1 number one in sacks number one in TFL and all of college football might be the number one pick in the 2023 yeah. NFL draft so Anderson will get plenty of tickets
2: On the other side, we'll talk to Gil Alexander here on the show, talk a little Wimbledon, and see what one and done he's going to go with this week's
0: primetime action. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
6: Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot.
2: The VEASAN Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now till the end of this month. Sign up today and you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets. That includes Adam Burke's daily Major League Baseball best bets, NFL preseason coverage, and premium articles, golf, UFC, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets, email every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only 19 bucks to be a subscriber through July the 31st. Sign up now. vison.com slash summer. You might have seen this fella this morning. You might have listened to this fella this morning. You might have seen him on this very program just a couple of weeks ago. He is the one and only Gil Alexander. Gil, thanks for joining us, my man. and bet. Did I miss my cue? Yeah, it was close. It was close. It was close. <laughs> oh, it was sorry. close. It was that, that was actually the uh, the currency conversion. Yes, yeah, we could have gotten uh, the Canadian. Oh, just say twenty four forty seven. Yeah, you know whatever. Um, okay. So, Gil, uh, let's start out moment of moment of silence here. I was it a was it a sad day at the Alexander household when one Igos Vatek was unable to continue her dominance, go on to win one hundred and fifty seven matches in a row, and take down the Wimbledon championship.
4: No, because of the reasons we talked about, Matt, which yeah. is, you know, again, I had the one bet on her 9-1 to one on, on the night that Ash Barty retired, but it didn't add anything to it. I, I in fact, said on the on preview pod on the Beating the Book podcast, don't, don't bet her at the current huh. number, which was plus 150. We knew that that streak of 37 in a row, what, what came to be 37 in a row, was going to end at some point. Grass was always the surface. Um, did I expect her to get crushed? Uh, In the match, no, but it wasn't a sad day. I mean, if if it was going to happen, it was going to be in this tournament.
3: So Gil, uh, turning to the current women's draw here, we are now in the semifinal, so if you look this might open it up, you would think for Onjabur, who I have at 10-1, to 1, and I'm going to ask for your advice uh, on how to handle that momentarily, because Onjabur is not the clear favorite in the women's draw right now at DraftKings, plus 125, but Simona Halep continues her dominance here. Uh, a very easy win over a very good Amanda Anisimova, so 6-2 and 6-4 in straights earlier this morning. Uh, Simona Halep is she back, Gil?
4: Yes, I mean I, I think in a word, yes. I, I a lot of people, uh, more people than I uh, certainly that have Halep tickets that I know have Jabour tickets. I think Halep is the player to beat with. I think her her numbers are slightly better on grass. I don't think I know her, her numbers are slightly better on grass than uh, that of Jabour. For your ticket, by the way, I've been adding Halep. You know, futures plays at non-sexy numbers, by the way, here in the last few days. So, plus 350, plus 170, that kind of thing. Nothing too spectacular. But I think she's the player to beat and for your ticket, which is awesome that you have that. I think you assume that it's a collision course between Jabour and Alep. And then I'm going to guess that Jabour probably a slight favorite in the final. Mm-hmm. and if you wanted to hedge, you probably play Halep there. That's how I would play it for you.
3: Yeah, you would expect Jabor is uh, going to make quick work of uh, Maria, the unseated player, the unseated German player, who does beat the fellow German, Julie Niemeyer, earlier today. Uh, but uh, that's exactly probably what I'm going to do, Matt, is wait for the uh, top two to meet in the final.
2: Gil, I don't think very many people are uh, going to lay $800 to win $100 on, on Jabor in this match against Tatiana Maria. That said, there are alternate ways to go about betting this one, uh, I was looking at the under in this one. I think Jabour probably asserts her dominance in this one and has a pretty clean victory. I think I like an under 19 and a half. Have you looked at this one yet, and, and what do you think of something like that?
4: So it's the only one of the four semis that I don't have a bet in. Um, I have three bets. I took... Rafa as a dog, assuming he shows up, right? Assuming he shows up, obviously, uh, just tremendous victory today against Taylor Fritz. Taylor Fritz, five sets. Rafa battling abdominal injuries, so I have Rafa as a dog price plus one thirty one. I took Djokovic in straight sets, three sets to none against Cameron Norrie as an alternative way to play that monster number in a couple days. That's minus one fifty nine, and on Halep in straight sets. Uh, in her match at minus 122, which I really thought was a great price, over Rybakina, But Jabor and, and Maria, I didn't touch because I'm kind of spooked out by uh, Tatiana Maria, because there's nothing in her numbers, nothing that suggests that she would have been able to make this run. In fact, I had Niemeyer the other day, and Niemeyer was up a set and a break, and I thought I was golden, and then all of a sudden Maria did her thing. So I'm a little spooked out by her, so I am staying away. I don't hate your bet. I'll root yours in for you, but I don't have a play in that match.
3: Gil, were you a little bit surprised this morning that Kyrgios made such easy work of Garen, considering everything that's going on now with Nick Kyrgios, you know, a couple big emotional matches, having to come back down against Nakashima, and then that grudge match with Sitsipas on Saturday, and now we know that he's got an assault charge pending against him, kind of the early process of that back in his native Australia. Were you surprised that he was able to focus so much? I know he's more talented than Garen, but a little bit surprised that he beat him in straights.
4: Well, if you had asked me that after he lost his first service game today, I think, to love, and went down one love, I was like, oh boy, might this be the day, right? Might this be the day where he reverts to uh, curiositis? And uh, it wasn't. And, you know, I think Matt was the one who texted me that Curios earlier in this tournament, just sort of decided that he's going to try to play this one seriously. We're, we're paraphrasing, but... You know, that this was going to be the tournament where he was going to apply his mind to it. And so, so far, in his way, right, obviously he's screaming at anything and everything in front of him the whole way. Uh, And that Tsitsipas match was probably the best example of of what he's about uh, in terms of overcoming mental sort of hurdles to let his talent shine through. I'm not surprised, to answer your initial question, no, Gareen is a clay player. I'm shocked that Christian Gareen got this far anyway in this tournament. So it's not a surprise on the surface. But if you had asked me that again right after the first game today, I'd have been like, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> uh,
2: Gil, I mean, we're still, you know, month and a half, actually a little bit longer than that, away from the U.S. Open one, do you have any bets in pocket? I mean, I'm sure you I'm sure you do on the women's side. on the men's side, and have you seen anything? I understand completely different surface and and, and all that, but have you seen anything that may lean you towards any sort of bet on the men's side as well?
4: Not until we really know if if Joker's playing, right? Uh-huh. I mean, the assumption right now is no, but then there might be some I don't know, there might be some opening that he could play, And until you know that. Um, you really can't assess it. The other thing is, let's just say, big if, let's say somehow Nadal wins this tournament here at Wimbledon. He's going for the grand slam. My goodness, will that be the ultimate focus? If he doesn't win here, I'm not even sure if his injuries, you know, are, are you know, something he can overcome by then, the way that, that he's been plagued by it this year. He was. He, we didn't think he'd even play in this tournament at one point. So I think there's too many things swirling in that, but obviously those are always going to be the two guys to look at. But Taylor Fritz would be another one for sure in terms of an American player if you're looking at, like, longer shots. But you know how it is on the men's side. It's all kind of a discussion mm-hmm. after those first two guys. But I do have the eager 7-1 to one in pocket already.
2: So, uh, Gil, let's go ahead and do the big reveal here. Um, oh, boy. I it would, would oh it's uh it's you and me. Well, I guess this is good for me. Yes!
7: I finally am not a part of the time.
2: <laughs> you, you and I both on Xander here. Uh, oh. yes. So so I guess <laughs> oh, this is no. good for me. Uh Kelly going with Joaquin Neiman. So Kelly can make up some ground on us in this one. Oh, I mean, listen, Kelly, you could probably actually take the lead if uh if Neiman were to go ahead and win this thing. So uh, Gil, let's just hope for a miscut there from Neiman. I have no action on Neiman whatsoever. I have no bets on him, so let's uh, let's go ahead and hope for a let's go ahead and hope for a miscut there.
4: Yeah, remember it. You know, when it's you and your friend and a bear in the forest, you don't have to uh, outrun the bear. You just have to outrun your friend. So it's just about <laughs> having Kelly lose this.
2: Uh, I am at 5.53. You are at 4.805, and Kelly at 4.237. So he still has a. a he's going to need a really, really solid finish to even catch up with Kelly's you. Kelly's going so to have to join the
3: live tour. Is yes, that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Kelly's got to uh. go get that guaranteed money or something like <laughs> that if West
2: we're, if, if we're going to do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, well, Gil, I do have the eighteen to one on Curios, so uh, you know, good luck, man. I, I'm, you know, we're one of us is going to be happy. Uh, come, come a uh, couple days from now, but hopefully, yes, hopefully he wasn't uh, completely full of it when he said that he's going to to actually, you know, play some tennis and quit letting all these demons creep in.
4: Uh yeah, man. If I didn't have the ticket, I'd be rooting for you. There's no equivalent to Nick Curios in any other sport. There really isn't.
2: He's Amazing. the yeah. He is the host of a numbers game here every single morning. You can find him on the Twitter machine at beating the book. He's Gil Alexander. Thanks for the time, buddy. You're going down, Bidlin. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kelly, I was hoping it was. I, I was. I was hoping I was the one that was on a limb, and you guys were. we I, I mean, Is this
7: not best possible situation for you? I mean, well, Gil can't make up any ground on you, so you've boxed out in the second place. Playing defensive. Yeah, I
4: like you know,
2: there, there, there is that. Uh, hour number two. When we come back, we'll check in on all this baseball action as well. It's
0: primetime action here on a Wednesday.
6: Zumo Play.